Hey listeners and welcome to Live and Learn. Thank you for joining me and thank you for your patience while I worked on some big projects for lots of other people and for myself. But I'm glad to be back today and I'm very glad to be talking about the English language proficiency standards today for adult education. But first, big announcement, drum roll please. I'm tapping my fingers on the desktop here. I don't know if you can hear that. SCR Academy is up and live and is now offering professional development courses. Yay! I'm so excited. Oh my goodness, I've worked so, so, so hard on this project and my web developer has worked so, so, so hard and has been so patient with tweaking things and making sure everything works well. We've sent people through, we've uh, tweaked things that were wrong and not connecting and all that good computer stuff that I don't know much about. And SCR Academy is up and live. And I'm so thrilled because you've been hearing me mention it for quite some time and it's finally out there in the world for everybody to check out. So, couple things. You can go check out for yourself at, it's just scr.academy. That's the URL. Go type in to your browser, scr.academy, and it'll come right up. And you can see the courses that are on there. I have two active. I have one almost finished, and that's actually on the English language proficiency standards. I hope to get that up maybe even later this week. Um, but Seamless is on there, Soft Skills and Contextualized Instruction. And then there's also Intro to the College and Career Readiness Standards on there, too. So I'm so, so, again, I'm just so excited about it. I can't stop talking about it and smiling, all that good stuff. So go check it out. Secondly, I will be having a Zoom webinar to kind of take people on a tour of SCR Academy very soon, probably in the next couple of weeks, because I have clients who want to see things already in a kind of an individualized way. And so I've already been doing some of that, but I'm planning on putting together like a public sort of meeting in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to know more about that and you want to be included in that and get an email update, anything, either let me know at susan at scr.consulting or you can find me on Twitter, where most of you have found me anyway, at Susan underscore E underscore Roberts. And I'll probably have an announcement on my, on my website as well, scr.consulting. So anyway, that's my big news and my big announcement. Um, now, I'm also been, I've also been working toward getting fin finishing up things for COABE because that's rapidly coming up. I guess one month from today, I will be there um, doing session one, I think, and session two on Monday. So join me there. Also, I'll be in the exhibit hall on Monday and Tuesday all day long to, you know, say hey. And um, as I said in the last episode, if you mention live and learn, I'm going to have a little something special for my, my friends, my livers and learners. So come by, say hello, introduce yourself. I would love to meet you. And also, um, I don't know, I have some fun things in mind for my booth. So games... I don't gimmicks. Who knows? It's going to be exciting. Come say hey. But for now, English language proficiency standards. And this is a super quick intro to those standards. Again, um, I'm just kind of in the middle of that world right now, thanks to finishing up this online course. And I thought we would talk about that today. Talk about that a little bit because there's not a lot out there on the ELPS, as I'm going to refer to them. And 
folks really need it. Everywhere I go, people want to know, yeah, but I do ESL. Yeah, but I do ESL. Yeah, but I work with English language learners. So we're going to go there today. So first of all, for those of you who do work with L's, ELLs, L's, by the numbers, they're 40% of adult learners nationwide. That's a large percentage of our students if you think about it. So 40% of adult students are L's and 61% make up the lowest literacy level in adult education. So 61% of that lowest literacy functioning group are L's. But you know, the interesting thing is, as I say this, I say this in my course as well, 100% of L's are literate in another language. Now that of course is not, that's hyperbole, that's not exactly true. I'm sure there are some who are not literate in English or their home language, but that's one thing that that I draw attention to specifically with that, you know, exaggerated number is just to remind us that these are folks who are on the whole very much fluent and literate in their home languages and that brings a lot of value to the education process for them. And that's just something I want us to be sure that we focus on and still remember when we look at our L population. So kind of how did the ELPS come about? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting story. So we know with the CCRS, they kind of came into existence around 2012, give or take, and that states have been adopting those standards and the key shifts in instruction and all that stuff since 2012, 2014 in some places, and even more recently in others. Um, but then in 2016, Octe adopts the ELPS. It's kind of which came first, the chicken or the egg. But it seems that for the most part, the ELPS are in response to WIOA because WIOA explicitly says that integrated English language and civics education is mandated to include preparing individuals for high school equivalency, not just language literacy. And so in order to do that, in order to have that additional expectation on adult education, we have to fuse academics and language acquisition at the same time. So after the adoption too of the ELA college and career readiness standards and all the rigor that came with them, it became really clear that most material, materials being used in uh, English language learner classes, L classrooms, were way too simplified. That the materials that Ls were being taught were essentially infantile. Um, and so the focus in many L classrooms was on speaking alone, not so much on the academic side. So like with the CCRS, a team of experts from lots of states and Susan Pimentel, my favorite human being alive, partnered for this work, building off of some really solid state initiatives for ESL classes and, and research that had been done. And so in 2016, the ELPS were adopted formally. Now the basic premise for the ELPS versus the way things were being done before, the old paradigm said that language acquisition happened and then students, if they wanted to, would move into academic content, just straight up ABE to ASE classes. Whereas the new paradigm now says, actually, academic content is taught at the same time as language acquisition. So that's a different, that's definitely a different approach. And kind of what that looks like is, is a little bit different as well. So there are some myths in instruction of L's. And the first one is that L's get frustrated by quote, difficult texts. 
we're afraid that if we present them with something that's too difficult, that they won't persist in their learning, that they won't want to pursue more academic instruction. And then instead, we should give them texts that they can understand, simple texts that they can easily decode, something starting in their native tongue sometimes, so that they're more at ease. Not a bad starting point, but that shouldn't be the end point. Because the problem is we often leave our L's here rather than moving them into texts with vocabulary and with complex sentences, which is really a disservice to them. So we're moving away from this idea that they're going to get frustrated and so we won't even bother. The next myth is that language acquisition means conversation. So they need to talk to each other a lot and that should be the focus of language acquisition. Again, not a bad starting point. We know that conversational English is really important, but they have to learn academic language and keywords and vocabulary by engaging with it in authentic texts as well. And then responding to it, like their native English speaking counterparts, through writing and conversation uh, and in a structured classroom, which we'll talk about here in a moment as well. The next one is that, next myth is that life skills are as important as language acquisition. Now, do not get me wrong, teaching life skills as part of L classes is very much necessary. We know that our culture is very foreign, and that involves a lot of civics education. That's a good thing. So many programs focus heavily on life skills who are new to our culture and way of life. But academics, rigorous reading in particular, is crucial to their success. And the final myth is that the high school equivalency exam, be it GED, TASC, and so on, that's enough for L's. You know, many L's are already employed here, and they just need a, quote, American diploma. But as students in our learning centers, we owe a mandate that we have to prepare them academically for what's to come in college and career as well. And keep in mind that many of our L's are displaced professionals. I know, um, I know someone who has an L student from, I believe it's India, who's a physician, but he needs English language acquisition assistance, and he ha needs to learn that through, through reading and writing. So those are several of the common myths in L instruction. So what the standards work to do, what the ELPS work to do, is to provide a list of skills that Ls will possess when they are college and career ready, just like if they are, just like the academic skills expressed in the CCRS. So there are 10 overall standards. And then there are levels within those, like a level one student all the way through a level five L student. And the ELPS really support their counterparts in the academic standards, because these are skills that students can acquire as they're going through their academic content as well. And if you jump on Octay's website or even Googling the English language proficiency standards, we'll pull those up for you you can kind of get a good look at the types of things that students need as they are entering this new paradigm of, of L instruction. And these standards focus on receptive skills as well as productive skills and linguistic structures of English also. 
And the neat thing about seeing the standards followed by their level descriptors for a level one being the, the most brand new to the English language all the way up to a level five who's someone who's been here longer and was more familiar with the intricacies of the language is we can see what the different expectations are for students. But the big, big focus of these standards is scaffolding of instruction and scaffolding of activities and scaffolding of students via pairing them and grouping them in a sensible way. So the neat thing for me with looking at the ELPS is it's almost a perfect marriage of all the other things that I've been working on in my years of education. We have academics and standards and then we also have a lot of soft skill things in there too. So how intentionally pairing students, making sure they're con conversing and communicating in lots of different ways. So the ELPS really focus heavily on academics because that's been what's sort of been missing in a lot of programs. But they also focus very heavily on things they always have focused on and soft skills. So the whole idea is that while students are working to learn this new language and they're in their new home here in America, they can do so through rigorous texts and authentic academic materials as well. Acquiring that academic language, working with each other, um, but also being prepared for what's to come next. That's the whole basis, that's the whole premise of the research behind the ELPS. So as I mentioned, I'm actually finishing up a course on this that's going to be on SCR Academy. So you can check that out. Again, it'll hopefully be up in a couple of weeks, and I'll keep you updated on that as well. Uh, because this is this is not something that's out too much. There's, there's not a lot out there on the, uh, the ELPS at this point. So it's been a fun process to, to put together for users. But as I close out here today and head back in to finish up this course and to get it up on SCR Academy, I just wanted to stop and give a little mini lesson on what those standards are and what's different in classrooms as a result of them. And this is just the, the tiniest tip of the largest iceberg. But uh, I just wanted to jump in there today and say hello. And again, go check out SCR.Academy. I can't wait for you to see it. And one more thing before I forget. Um, I'm hoping to get this whole podcast shenanigans up on iTunes, and I think I finally figured out how to do that. So I may even be on iTunes soon. So tell your Apple friends and those of you who are hanging in there on Podbean or SoundCloud and you're an Apple person, hopefully soon you'll be able to jump over to iTunes to listen on that platform. But until next time, stay curious.